Now, here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, I am your host of Sound Off, uh, Kenny and I, but uh, we have with us this morning, as we do every last Wednesday of the month during our number two, we have Peter Woods, Pete Woods, who is the, uh, he's the host of Let the Sawdust Fly. And Pete, we're going to kind of have a continuation today. I'm going to let you introduce yep. it, but let, let's just say it's a kind of a continuation of how a Belfour came around, uh, how that single malt uh, liquor came around, and how it's going through the process of expanding and growing and researching and developing and coming up with a good product. Yep. Uh, thanks a lot, Brad. Folks out there willing to listen, we want to thank you all for letting us come into your lives for another uh, another hour out of the month to learn about the timber industry. And today, we have again. This is the third time, third uh, month in a row that we're talking about this. Is we have a logger from Missouri, a third generation logger, Travis Yake, out uh, of Missouri area, and he's been involved in this for quite some time, his whole life. His dad was also a very good logger and uh, businessman. But uh, we're fortunate to have Travis on. He's he's pretty busy down there, like we are up here. And uh, Travis, are you there? Yes, sir. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Uh, the weather up here is, uh, it feels like it's 20s and it feels like it's in the 40s. How about your way? So so it's frightful up there. It must be delightful down here. <laughs> um, we're in the 50s and uh, we're losing our frost really quick. You got t-shirt weather there. That is uh, unreal. Yeah, yeah, flip-flops and, you know, uh, uh, yeah. Thanks, There you go. But, uh, it's uh, great to have you back on. We want to talk a little bit about the timber industry down in Missouri and the oak and uh, the situation <laughs> with the oak that's coming up that you see that's been happening for the last few years. And also, uh, if you could uh, tell the folks out there listening for the first time a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got to meet uh, Eddie, and then we'll get into uh, let's talk about what you see down in Missouri and I've I, talked to other people, and it doesn't mean that it's happened in other places, but what's happened in Missouri with the Oaks. Yeah. Um, Third-generation logger, just like you said. I I probably should have done something different with my life, but <laughs> what I chose. So, yeah, um, we in Missouri are uh, are seeing, all over Missouri, I cut in about 40 counties, we're seeing a lot of uh, white oak decline uh, here. And... Uh, Anyway, then we'll get into that in a minute. But but uh, how I met Ed is Ed is is a craft spirits maker, and he calls me one day out of the blue and says, "Hey, um, can you can you help me get into the stave business, the barrel business?" And I said, "I, I can try." And so he was not able to get the barrels for his spirits. There is a worldwide shortage of wine barrels, whiskey barrels, any kind of barrel for spirits, and. Uh, so we visit back and forth a little bit. He said, "Hey, I'm going to come to Missouri, and and uh, I, I want to meet you." And so anyway, I met him, and he's like, "You know, this is what we're gonna, this is what we want to do." And I said, "Well, I'll help you all I can." So he has a great product. He, like every other whiskey maker, has to have barrels to put it in to make it taste like we all love it to taste. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got to meet him. Not a hockey fan, really didn't know much about him. Researched, he he was. Pretty darn good hockey player, but uh, but anyway, we've become pretty good friends, and, and I told him I would I'd go with him on his journey here to uh, to start to do that. And that's and, still uh, going on the relationship and what you're that, doing to yep, help him yep, get that going. Yep. He's going to put yep. He's putting his facility in Missouri, and 
moving here from Texas. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's going to happen. You bet. Does he? Does he fly? Travis, uh, Go ahead, Brad. Travis, this is Brad Bennett. I had a question for you right off the bat. Are, whereabouts are you located in Missouri? Are you near the Ozarks or down around yep, uh, Branson yep, or where? Yep. 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 I'm okay. I'm close to Branson. I actually live in the town of Ozark, Missouri, and uh, they they consider us Ozarks. Yeah, southwest corner of Missouri, where where all the white oak is that makes the stuff taste good. I guess. So you're right yeah. in the heart of that part of it. Do you believe? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I I grew up. My dad had stave mills. We made we made barrel sets. We didn't make the finished barrel. We made the sets for other countries to go ahead and make them when they got the wood. And so yeah, I was raised in this business. I know a lot about it. We made mainly wine barrels, um, wine barrel sets um, in the '90s when the, the big wine boom was going on. But now that the bourbon boom is here, and uh, very real, um, yeah. they're. The demand is so high. I got a quick question on that. Do you say you ship all over the world? I take you must go in containers or something like that. Yep. yep. Don't yep. they have yep. this yep. product other parts of the world, or is it pretty much they, they, in this area? They, they do. They do absolutely have product like this in other parts of the world. But um, for lack of a better explanation, ours tastes really good. We have companies that we sent stuff to in France, and they absolutely have French oak over there, French white oak, and it is very. It's a beautiful tree, but. It does not put the flavor in the spirit that they desire. So like, they're willing to buy this. They're willing to buy the they're taste. Willing to absolutely. And that's a pretty big market for you folks down there. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, it is. Yes, it's it's huge. And then you know what I was talking about with decline and stuff. Everybody's kind of running scared a little bit because you know it is it is dying here. Not not like super fast, but it's happening. I've noticed it the last. Ten years. Yeah, I'd like, uh, like to hear a little bit more about that because it could become a very major concern if that starts to spread. Is it? Do you think it's some kind of disease, some kind of bug? I, uh, do you I, have any clue I, on my that? Personal, my personal opinion is I think it's a bug. Um, I, I think that it's a little bit like the, uh, you know, the emerald ash borer. What they what they did to the ash. You yep. know, I do believe it's an insect. Red oak borer eating the red oak. So. So I personally think that it is a bug. Um, you won't get people probably tell you that um, within the government agencies because I don't, you know, we really don't know definitively. And so it's hard to make a determination without actually knowing. But um, I have a thought on that is that if, if this bug is like burrowing into through the sapwood and it's burrowing all the way around and almost like girdling it, it's kind of like we do – Maple syrup tapping every year, just as a family, just a, just our own privateness yes. of it. And yep. you, and yep. if you drill those holes too close together or, or the wrong pattern, you can kill that tree. And I'm wondering if these bugs are there's so many of them, they're girdling that tree right around, and it could be even 50 feet up, and they could just buzzing holes in. And then that, then when the sap tries to run up and down, it makes a callus there, and it can't, and it slowly kills the tree. Right, right. You know the the cambium layer is is the artery just like your, your your arteries for your blood and your body and you you go to cutting the the arteries then you know you're, you're not long for the world no you're uh you're it's like zipping all this sap out of it and it kills it right it'll just kill it in a season or so absolutely you know? yep so are these trees dying yep. from the top down or the bottom up or anything they're like dying that? from the top down in everything that i'm seeing is 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 top down 
And, you know, this time of year when the foliage isn't on, it's it's hard to tell. But once the, the leaves start happening, it's very obvious. We've been doing some drone flights um, where you can really get up and see really up close and personal. And uh, it's very, very prevalent in the, huh. some counties. So I'm wondering, is it all over the place? So if when you get up in that, get pictures from that drone, is it like a percentage, like 5%, 10% of the trees are looking like you know, they're tempting? On the area you're in, I mean, you know, you, we, right now we might have uh, 20 in, uh, you know, a two-acre, an acre or two that are, that are, um, that are showing that decline. Yep. Um, so it really, it really just matters where, where you're at, but, but, uh, I'm seeing it in the North, Northern tier, Missouri, Southern tier. I just came from the boot heel side or Southeast Missouri and it's over there too. So wow. now very, Travis, is this mainly, is this mainly white Oak or is this red Oak white and oak. white Oak? White Oak. White oak, white oak. Now the red oak, the, okay. the red oak, the has that red oak borer bug has been established, and and everybody knows that you know that's a that's a thing. But yeah. up until you know the last decade, you know white oak was kind of kind of the 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 one that nobody messed with. But apparently now we have, and it guys, I don't know, I don't have proof that it's a bug. It's just my gut feeling that that's what it is. Right. Um, and if that's the case. It's almost impossible to, you know, to treat it, to get ahead of it. You can't. So, To uh, me, that would become a huge concern, though. That could uh, all of a sudden just be like a flash flood, you know, absolutely major problems. The thing is, and I will say this, I know I've went back to some timbers um, two or three years later and just to look around and and the trees that I saw having the issue – two or three years prior, you know, where maybe 10 or 12 feet of the top of the tree was dead. Now they're completely dead and, wow. and basically rendered useless because the, you know, they've got holes in them um, and holes won't, won't work for staves and for barrels because that's a leak. <laughs> no. How far in do they burrow? Do you have any idea? You know, I, I you know, I don't know. I, when we cut some, some, what I'm going to call bug damaged timber, and follow it through the sawmill it's it's deep it's not it's not superficial it's deep that's um, that sounds serious then yeah very, very serious because that could because now you become instead of a top quality material it becomes firewood almost absolutely material yeah. travis <clears throat> travis are there other uh distilleries uh, in the Missouri area as well, or is Belfort kind of uh, setting the pace? No, uh, there there are. You know, it's kind of like the the craft beer boom that ha- that sure. happened a few years back. You see several little little um, small brewers. You know, I, I can I can show you a dozen in uh, you know the, the county I'm in. I mean, they so there are a lot of craft, not near as many as beer. But there are several craft bourbon uh, distilleries, and once you you know get your license to do it, um, fire it up. And if and if it's something that tastes good and everybody likes, it's going to be a big hit. Uh, 
Um, it's just like a, the, a restaurant or anything, you know. Is the state is the state of Missouri's uh, forestry department concerned about the white oak too? Are they doing they anything? Are, as they far are. As... They, they are. They are, and they're aware of it. Um, and and they have several theories. Um, one of their theories seems to be um, the quote unquote perfect storm with droughts and flood years and all of that um, having an effect on these white oak trees but okay. I, you know again we've we've had floods and droughts since they began taking keeping records so it's sure. not that 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 kind of debunks that for me but okay. um yeah they're they're very aware of it there is actually a an outfit called the white oak initiative that is really um trying to figure this out trying to, to, to forth a remedy of some kind. Uh, well, listen, we have, to, uh, we have to take our first break here of the, uh, of the hour. Uh, so kind of hang on to your thought process. We'll be back very shortly here on Sound Off uh, and Let the Sawdust Fly. We're uh, talking to Travis Yate, a third-generation third, uh, logger out of Missouri, who is helping Eddie Belfour uh, put together uh, barrels to... Uh, to age his uh, bourbon in. So we'll be right back. Giant Redwood, the larch, the fir, the mighty Scotch pine, the smell of fresh-cut timber, the crash of mighty trees. With my best girl by my side, we'd sing, sing, sing. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all night and I work all day. He's a lumberjack and he's okay. He sleeps all night and he works all day. I cut down trees. I, eat oh, I love that. I love that song. <laughs> and you know what? It's it's so true. If you're working, if you're doing the physical manual labor like a logger or lumberjack does, you have no problem sleeping. You don't need to take anything to help you sleep at night, do you? Uh, we don't take any sleep at night, but it seems like sometimes the stress gets to you after a while. But uh, I think it does with everybody. <laughs> I think it does. Oh, yeah. But the physicalness is not like it used to be, uh, not even close. It used to be very labor-intensive. But uh, I, I was, uh, during the break here, I was thinking of a question on these, uh, Travis, on these sawmills that make the staves and that. How big are these uh, stave mills? Uh, are they like... Uh, a semi-load a week? Very large. Or, or they consume oh, no, many, no, no, many no, no, loads? No, 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 Very, very large, very large. Um, they, they'll, they'll consume six to ten trailer loads a day, and the bigger ones even more than that. And that's, so, they, that's oh, saw logs oh, for their product for making the right, barrels. Right, 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 right. Okay, now now at that, if do they sit on that where it sits in the elements for how mm-hmm. many months, years? Right. That means well, they... it, 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 it it depends on what, what its future home is. Um, there are some some wine people that believe that they have to stay out there on kind of what I'm going to call on sticks, but it's how you stack them where the air can circulate through them and kind of air dry, and then they believe that the rain washed the harshness out of the out of the oak and puts you know makes it makes it where it makes their particular spirit taste the best and you know this is time-honored stuff this is long term this is this is coming from years and years of doing it and you know some things you can copy some things you can't but you make your best effort and and that's what 
that's what they're doing. Now, some of these people will take, because of the, the, the shortage, they'll actually go ahead and cut the staves and heading and then run them through a dry kill and dry kill them to get them their moisture content down so they can go ahead and make barrels faster out of them. I wonder um, if that's, does, that's, doing that. does that split them or anything like that when they start increasing it speed-wise? Uh, no, no not, not really. You know, when you quarter saw a log, quarter sawn lumber is, is, is very interesting. It does not warp um, because the, the way you're sawing it, you're cutting it against a grain that is iron solid. It, it won't warp. It won't cup. It won't check. It'll check maybe a little bit on the ends, but but not much. Um, so so yeah, you can take lumber of any kind and put it in a kill and ruin it. Right. But again, these people figured out how to do it, um, and and so far it's working. But you know the traditional people, the ones that you know, they don't care. They don't care what the cost is. It's all about quality. Those are the folks that are leaving it out there for months and months and months, 24, 28 months, um, and then going ahead and making making barrels out of it. So, so once they get their rotation set, as long as they don't increase or decrease their volume, right. they could right. keep that a steady flow coming all the time. Yeah, and it has to be a steady flow. I mean, the thing now um, in the bourbon business is uh, single barrels, you know, where when you buy – Jack Daniels, for instance, it's, you know, it's a, a batch that is ever out of several barrels all poured in together and then they bottle it. Well, single barrel means just that it was born and raised in one barrel and all those bottles come out of that one barrel. So that's kind of a big thing for them now. And the aging, you know, the, the more expensive whiskeys and bourbons, you know, are 10 years plus. Well, yeah. You okay? So, so you make that barrel, you make the juice, you put the juice in the barrel. See you in a dozen years. You know. So, <laughs> isn't that something? So, what you uh, make you today, know, you won't you won't get the reward for at least ten, twelve years. At least well, ten Pete, or twelve that, years. That's yep. what amazes me is because, you know, Belfour is selling product already. I don't know what, how yeah. long it's been he had, aged. He, he, he he was buying his. I listened to his interview too, and he told me that he was buying um, barrels from cooperages that would as many as they'd let him have, you know. And and he okay. was buying a thousand or two barrels a year from them. And then when they cut that off and said, "Hey, you know, we can't get you anymore," so then that's why he's doing what he's doing. But but I think his when I tasted his, I think his oldest was about five years. But he's got you know he might have a seven or something now, but. Yeah. But yeah, age is a big deal. Well, I'll tell you, I was telling uh, Kenny, our producer, I got a bottle from Eddie, a bottle of Belfour, mm-hmm. and we had a little uh, we had a little Christmas party with some friends and relatives from around this area, and I let mm-hmm. a number of them try a little sip of the Belfour, and every yeah. one of them said, "Wow, this is something special. I this know. is really." I know they love the I, they I love the bottling, but they love the flavor. Yep. I think he's yep. going to have a. I think he's going to have a real he, contending product here. Absolutely, absolutely, he does. I mean, he's got the name recognition. People know who he is, and and then, but you know what? That that only gets you so far. You have to have yeah. a product that people want, and and will come back and more of, and talk about, and tell their friends, and then that's how all that goes. But um, you know, he does have a good product. He really does, and he knows it. Um, it's just. 
I am going to be in this journey with him to to get him to where he can, you know, build his own barrels and do his own thing and be more self-sufficient. So white oak is white oak is a significant better product to to put barrels together for uh, for bourbon and for making product like this. W- what do they use red oak for then? Is that a furniture red, type red, thing or furniture? Yeah, furniture, flooring, cabinets, that kind of stuff. Um, but the reason guys they use white oak is because white oak has a natural sealant in it, and ah. when you see a barrel, when you see a barrel, if you put liquid in it. It it actually glues itself together. It's not tongue and grooved. Those are those staves are just butted up next to each other, and and that's why you have to use white oak. White oak is is you know watertight. Um, yeah. Red oak is very porous. It would never work. And personally, I think it would taste horrible because you know it's it's not a it's not as good a wood in my opinion as good smelling or or good you know to look at. Um, but yeah, white oak is a, is a very unique thing and they make chinkapin barrels and they make some, um, some white oak barrels and they make, but it's all the same, same kind of tree from that family. Uh, so yeah. Well, you know, Travis, I, I got a, I got a copy of a story from one of our listeners when we were talking at the beginning about the problems with the white oak. And this is very significant, and I see exactly what you're meaning. This story uh, says that the uh, without swift intervention today, the American white oak population will begin to decline significantly within the next 10 to 15 years, with more yeah. extreme decline over the next several decades. So I can see why they have set up this white oak initiative in the state of in the state of Missouri because. This is really about their future uh, availability to sure. produce sure. and make products like this. Yeah, you know, and the wood industry in Missouri puts about ten billion a year into our economy here, which you know okay. is nothing compared to other states, obviously. But but it's all almost all hardwoods. Um, sure. You know, so so yeah, and then again, guys, the the thing about where I am and why it's significant is. The flavor that our Missouri Ozarks oak puts into whatever you pour in it, because that's that's in the end that's what it's all about. I can give you two bottles of bourbon and one that tastes horrible and one that tastes great. You don't even want to try the horrible one ever again, and you wish you hadn't done it the first time. But you can't get enough <laughs> of the great one. So, so yeah, it's it's really comes down to taste. Well, listen, guys, hang on to your thought process here. We've got to get caught up on our CBS News break, and then we'll come back more with uh, uh, with Travis and with uh, Pete uh, talking about uh, this uh, Belfour uh, product, uh, uh, bourbon is just special, special all the way through. We'll be right back. Bring us back, uh, bring us back, guys, uh, to uh, let the sawdust fly, a little uh, woodchopper's ball. Uh, before we get back into it uh, w- with uh, Peter and his guest, Travis, uh, I want to bring in Matt Boo, who is, uh, has a, a lot to do with the wood industry, but in a different form. 
Uh, Matt, uh, of course, is uh, the proprietor of uh, uh, of a wonderful uh, Duluth stove and fireplace manufacturer here or supplier here that uh, has uh, stoves and uh, all over the northern part of Minnesota. Matt, a lot of wood is consumed in fireplaces. It just has a certain smell, a certain aroma, a certain uh, way of making a home feel more wonderful and more uh, uh, just a great place to be. But yours is a different kind of business, and you're seeing uh, an uptick, of course, because people are looking at stoves and fireplaces as secondary heating sources when things get terrible like they did up in uh, uh, Buffalo over the last week or so. People are really thankful that they've been able to have a secondary source of heat uh, to, to keep them going. Yeah, and wood is is always just been that great fuel source because it's inexpensive comparably. Uh, it's local. Uh, it's, uh, it's renewable. It's also, uh, when you look at it, what it costs to get that fuel to your house, it has less carbon footprint than any other fuel. So uh, it's a very, very practical source. And up here, we, we sell a lot of wood stoves, a lot of wood fireplaces. And, and the thing is, when things are uncertain, you know you'll, you'll always have wood. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Great deal, and and of course, since you've moved uh, your location a year or so ago, uh, you've actually had more and more people interested because you always had a good selection of stoves and fireplaces, everything from pellet stoves to wood stoves. But you've been able to add more and more now, and uh, now uh, people are really getting into it. Yeah, and we dedicated a complete uh, hallway or, or corridor to just wood. And uh, right on the back wall is a Wilkening wood-burning high-efficiency fireplace made in Walker, Minnesota, and then lined on both sides going down to it. Or, oh, lots of variety, a dozen or so of just different sizes and shapes and models and manufacturers. And uh, we're just finishing up uh, this year on the tax credit, and they extended it into the next few years. So that's a nice incentive. Well, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, it's it's 30%. That's, that's a really nice incentive. In other words, uh, people have an incentive, a tax incentive to be able to buy and improve their uh, heating efficiency as well. And it really does save you uh, from having to use uh, either gas or oil or whatever your other source of heat is. Uh, if you can use a little bit of wood or a little bit of uh, fireplace, either whether even gas fireplaces are going to save you a certain amount of uh your other heat source. So, Matt, let's uh, let's tell people where you're located again, uh, your website that they can go to to look at the variety of things, and then uh, a phone number, how to get a hold of you. Sure. We're on the corner of 25th Avenue West in Superior Street. Uh, our phone number is 218-727-9002. Uh, store showroom hours are 8 to 6, Monday through Thursday. <clears throat> 8 to 4.30 on Friday, and 9 to 2 on Saturday, and that that won't change for the new year, but we will be closed on uh, Monday uh, for the new year. Sure. Well, Matt, thank you so much. Happy New Year to you and all the fine folks at Duluth Stove and Fireplace and Northlanders. If you have not made the opportunity to get in and take a look at the options, many, many options that are available for 
a secondary heat source in your home, got to do it. it. You will be impressed, and you'll want to get uh, get going on making that happen for you. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate All right. it. Happy New Year, Brad. Yeah. Yep. Happy New Year to you. So, so Peter, um, I'm again. I'm looking at this uh, this uh, story that I got on the assessment and and how they're they've started this White Oak initiative. Uh, the state of Missouri is very very concerned about this, but they say right in this story that White Oak is very important uh, because it it maintains such a presence for everything from furniture to flooring to cabinetry, but then they have in parentheses and wine and spirits. So there's a lot, obviously a lot of uh, a lot of barreling that goes into wine and spirits. Yes, there's a tremendous amount. It's it's one of those things, hopefully by the end of this show, I can cap it off with why I want to do this and I see a situation. But um, on, on, on this on this white oak situation, is it just in Missouri or is it other places? Because the reason why I say that is, is it spreading or is it staying? But um, Travis, do you do you just stay in Missouri or do you go out state? Oh, no. I go into all of our surrounding states too, um, and, and it's not just here. It, you know, it knows no boundaries. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's if it's here today, it's kind of like the it. You know, everybody understands the EAB, the Emerald Ash Borer that got the ash. You know, yep. you guys, you guys got it. We got it. You're a ways from me. Well, we we can see that when something starts to happen like that, it's just out in the breeze. I mean, it, it can it can it can go wherever. So, um, and like you're much colder than we are, didn't didn't matter still got up there still killed your ash so yep um so yeah. the cold weather is slowing it stopping it the farther north it gets it seems like it's slowing it and stopping it as far as that is concerned but my my, my thought on this is that you you probably go into iowa you probably go into arkansas sure. uh sure. maybe even texas a little bit or, or oklahoma or whatever but oklahoma, um yeah and, and branches out because uh to to get to get that product, you have to get your fingers way out on a specialty product. Otherwise, you'll you'll choke yourself right off. Right, you're absolutely right. So, um, it is something that other people we all need to be concerned with. I, I don't know what the remedy is, what it could be. Don't know, but there are some people with a, a lot more degrees than I have that are probably on it trying to figure it out. Sure. Could, could this uh, tra- Travis? Uh, have you been able to uh, to keep enough wood so far to to keep uh, uh, Belfour oh, yeah. in the wood that they're looking for? Oh yeah, yeah. He hasn't actually started his barrel plant yet, but when he does, oh, he hasn't. I, okay. I I would, oh, no, no. Um, he's going to bought the land. He's he's going to put it here uh, for sure. But uh, yeah. No, there's still plenty of it out there. You know, I mean, trees are, that's the beautiful thing about trees. It's so renewable. You know, they're growing all the time. Um, oh, yeah. Now, you know, it, while we're sleeping, <laughs> during the night, they're still growing. So they're yep. out there. Um, and, and there are more trees now than there were 100 years ago. I say that with with the utmost confidence. It's very true. People don't can't wrap their mind around that. But we have more trees than we had 100 years ago. 
Um, so, yeah, they're growing. They're here. All right. Um, but any, Well, any listen, we've got to we've got to take our last break here of this hour, guys. So hang on and uh, we'll come back shortly here on Sound Off uh, uh, right here on 610 KDAL Radio. Well, Peter, uh, with your uh, friend uh, Travis there, uh, I just love this whole concept, what it, what is happening with Belfour and this uh, single-barrel uh, 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 bourbon. This, this, this stuff is going to go like wildfire. I see this as a, as a product that's going to be as, as renowned as Jim Beam or Jack Daniels or anything if it's given the opportunity to grow. And it's got to be exciting for you, Travis, to be on the ground floor or something like this. Sure. Yeah, it's exciting. It really is. Uh, to see anybody's dream come to fruition is is pretty cool. Um, yeah. And, yeah. So. And you've worked at it so hard and tried so much. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He says he's going to do it. He's going to do it. So, um, yeah, look forward to it. Um you guys need to come down when he gets set up and go through his facility. That'd be quite the tour. Well, I got to tell you, I had the experience of my life going through that Ozark area on the way down to Florida this fall or this spring, I should say. Or uh, We were going through there and we come around the corner. We were on a country road going down towards uh, one of the areas. And they said, well, look out for uh, elk. There's, a, there's an elk yeah. moving in this area. We came around a corner, yeah. and all of a sudden there were 10 or 12 cars. Everybody's standing on top of the car looking out in this field, and you look in the field, and there's these big bull elks walking. It was yeah. something you never see in this country. Yeah, 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 it's neat. We've, we've, got, we've got the full gamut down here now. We've got mountain lions, bears, and elk. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. The food chain is working quite well, evidently. I don't know how they coexist, Peter, but they're all there. <laughs> when I heard those animals, good luck on some of them. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. A little, it's a little unnerving to be out there in the woods sometimes. You get to thinking about that, you know. I can't outrun it. I can't outfight it. I can't outclimb it. So, no. you know, you're, you're just going to be dinner. Well, one thing I would just say, have a side iron. That would really help a lot. But uh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And enough power because the 22, all you're going to do is tick them off. So, oh, but uh, real quick, I know we're going to run out of time here. Travis, I want to thank you so much that you're willing to come on and, and Eddie that he was willing to come on a couple months ago. And, and we see that yeah. there's a shortage of barrels. And uh, the, 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 the bar- if folks can remember one thing, the barrel makers are craftsmen and what they do. They're very good at it. They're very, and it's what we need. But also, whenever you go and buy a bottle of uh, bourbon or whiskey, you got to remember it started somewhere by a logger willing to do this for a living. So when you yeah. see a logger, yeah. you see a job site, remember, it's all we're not taking a dump in the ocean. It's being consumed and used for something. And this is just another snapshot of what it really is to get the product to your table. And my big concern about this is when we went through this is that it could come in time where the average person could not afford to buy this because it could get so expensive, and it doesn't need to be that way. We're trying to head this off so that it cannot; right. it'll be seamless, like it never took yeah. place. A crisis coming, and that's why we're trying to get yeah. the word out that to be aware of it. So every time you pick up a bourbon or a whiskey, remember, or you see a barrel of some kind of whiskey, a logger had to do that to get it there, or you wouldn't have it. And so, yeah. Yeah, when you man. see loggers, think of it that way, if you would. 
Yeah, everything we have, guys, is either logged or mined. Everything there is. Um, so, true. so when you when you see a logger, hug him. You know, uh, or sway <laughs> well, you know, one of one depends of depends on guests, who that is uh, now. Yeah, right. <laughs> one one of my guests actually said it, Peter. Uh, he said, what, you know, because I gave him a little shot out of the Belfort glass. He said, beautiful glass jar. But he said, you got to remember, this flavor doesn't come out of this glass jar. The flavor comes out of the wood barrel that this was aged yep. in. Amen. Yep. Exactly. Most people don't remember that. That's why yeah. through education, hopefully more people start to change their tune when they see a logger or a logging truck, that they start to realize that we need them. Instead of waving your fist yeah. at them, you wave your open hand saying, hey, how's it going today? Give them a thumbs up. And say thank you for what you, you do. Go. Yeah, we're just farmers, really. Is when it comes down to, we're just farmers. Yep, our and, crops yeah. are a little taller. That's all. They're Very a little taller. Take a little longer to grow, but absolutely, that's right. Yep, the duration takes a little time, and on the, and that's why we do what we well, do. We love what we do. Peter, right. any idea what you're going to bring us next month? Are, you, are we going to continue this saga, or are uh, we going to be going in a different direction? It might be going a total different direction. I guess, folks out there, you should start having a contest, see who can guess what the next one is going to be about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't know how to reward well, we'll that one, but uh, we, we yeah, can try. <laughs> but anyway, thank you very much, Travis. I appreciate that you're willing to do this. I, re- I mean that a lot. That I'm thankful you were willing sure. to come on and take time out of your day. Abs- Happy absolutely. New Year to you, Travis. Happy, Happy New, New Year, Year to fellows. you, fellows. Yeah, very good. Thank you so much for having right. me on. Thank you. You bet. And Peter, Happy New Year to you, and uh, we'll be looking forward to your next segment of Let the Sawdust Fly, and coming to us to you, uh, officially right here on 610 KDL Radio. Yeah, well, you're not done quite yet, mister. you got to wait for that music uh, to pop up here. Boy, that's right. Yeah. I thought maybe uh, I thought maybe Peter would sing us another, uh, you know, another verse of his song, the one that he sang originally. You know, about uh, uh, being out in the woods and uh, let it all happen. Okay, there <laughs> you go. Yeah. I'm gonna go all get right, Peter a hug. Well, we'll okay, I gotta go give Peter. There we a hug. go. Let's okay. give Peter a hug. Big okay. hug, everybody. Give him a big hug. Thank uh, you all. There very we go. Much. Appreciate it. All right. Happy New Year. We'll see you soon.